0: I'm Leanna Hinkle with the Hinkle Homestead and I'm Lindsay Weiniger with the Weiniger Farms and we are your hosts on We Chose the Farm holy moly it's episode 15 already can you believe it no (laughs) (laughs) and um this is this episode is perfect for me because it is everything question and answers all I need to know about emus are you ready yes So, I feel like it's your time to shine, Leanna, because we're going at it again. We did an introduction last time. Episode 14 was basically a huge introduction of emus. Now we're going to go into it a little bit further. This is like level two. Are you ready? For
1: sure. But also full disclaimer that we also are social distancing again this episode.
0: But I didn't feel like the sound was too bad last time. No, uh, it was fun. We're it st- just, did, Huh. We weren't in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Uh we're still a little low budget. So uh yeah. we'll get mics soon. And by soon I mean I don't know when. But that's okay. First, you uh wanna talk I know that you wanna talk about like we we talked last time about how the Um, it is not the female that lays on the egg, it is the male. So let's start with like the whole reproduction situation minus the hippity-dippity and talk about eggs to hatch.
1: Yeah, which is perfect because this is the time of year. I stress it a lot. This is the time of year to get the eggs. And I think I was so like... I don't know, very like you should get eggs this time of season is because I always feel like, you know what, get the eggs now and hatch them out. And that's like two months. And then they have to be in a brooder or in some smaller space for another couple months. And this gives you plenty of time to think about the spacing that you need yeah. and designing the fence. But if you like wait until all the fencing and stuff is done, then you're going to miss your window. And then it's going to be till next season until you get in. Anyways, just jump on the crazy train for full head-on. So when you get your eggs, um, depending if it's by a local person or if you have them shipped, now shipped eggs is always a gamble. It is with chicken eggs, with emu eggs, with any type of eggs. Shipping is always crazy for eggs. So always order, I would say, double at least of what you want to hatch out. Sure. Sure so like i really only probably wanted one or two so i was like okay well, we'll a, a four fits in a box so we'll get four so that's what we did so anyways with that being said our incubators that we started out with were nurture right 360s mm-hmm. so they're a little bit smaller they only held 22 eggs of chicken eggs so we had to switch over to a hoova 1588 and that was a bigger styrofoam incubator And that was able to set four eggs on their side perfectly. Now, you could use um, like a cabinet incubator, but that's quite a little bit more money than Mm -hmm. this. And for an experiment, I just didn't really want a whole bunch of, you know, money invested into this. Plus, later down the road, we just added a chicken egg turner to it, and those incubators hold like 42 eggs. So it was very like universal for all of our needs for that sure so anyway normal chickens incubate at about 99 and a half to 100 degrees emus are slightly cooler and they're at 97.5 degrees Hmm. so it's super important always to like make sure that you calibrate your incubators to make sure that they are you know says that they're at the right temperature that they're at um, also, they have to be hand-turned frequently because the emu eggs are so large, there's not, like, a turner built into these tiny little things. So you do actually have to hand-turn them um, because that's what, like, male emus do when they're sitting on a nest. And sure. people that have chickens, if you kind of notice, like, that a hen will scoop a little egg underneath her, like, that's her turning eggs. And they can do that up to 90 times a day in their first week. Wow. So, it's pretty crazy. But so I guess the most important part about it is, is that you should be turning them at least three times a day. And it has to be on an odd number of times because you don't want them sitting in the same position for a long period of time, like overnight. Wow. So they did it about eight every eight hours.
0: That's so a real that was time an... commitment for four eggs,
1: man. It was. Well, then we added another four. So it was just (laughs) kind of like, okay, (laughs) here it is. Um, so emus hatch at about between 53 and 50, say the late ones bloom at like 57, you know, they shouldn't really go past 60 days. Um, I don't think many more hatch before 50 days. So the sweet spot is right in between like 53 to 55. Yeah. And, um, it's awesome, but there's just a lot of different things. Especially with the chicken eggs, for example, you can shine a flashlight into um, the fat side of an egg, and you can see the air cell. You can see the yolk. You can see the actual chick developing. And with emus, the eggs are so dark as it is,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you they're and they're thick. They're like, I I just keep thinking like porcelain like pour some plate thick have you ever when they crack have you ever broken oh, a guinea egg
0: have i what ever have you ever had a guinea egg no well yeah i guess yeah we had to I... break all of our guinea eggs with a knife because they were so thick i'm wondering if they're similar to that
1: i wish i could show you this because they were literally like i i just remember thinking like if you dropped a like a china plate yeah and it cracked off in thick chunks like that it wow. wasn't like brittle like a chicken egg or even kind of like how duck eggs almost kind of stay together a little bit mm-hmm. these were like four solid chunks when they busted through and that's it wow like I glued it back together because it's so cool
0: <laughs> um so like there the green of a of a emu lake is like Probably one of the prettiest shades of green I think I've ever seen in my life.
1: It is so pretty. It's so gorgeous. And there's texture to it, too. It's phenomenal. It's, yeah, it's literally one of my favorite colors. Um, Yeah, so anyways, they, we hand turn them every, for three days, or I mean, three times a day. For about fifty-five days, but the cool part about it is, is once um, they reach about thirty-five to forty days, you can start to whistle to them, and they'll start to like rock back and forth. What? <laughs> yeah, and as it goes on, is as, as it gets a little bit closer, like you can tap on it, and they'll like start to move. So you know that there's actually like life in there, and oh that it's gosh. it's it's nuts. <laughs> it's so cool um it's really cool like a baby in the so, womb What? another huge thing that when I was getting into hatching these there's a big thing going on about how you should be weighing your eggs yeah and the whole thing starts off as saying because you can't candle them you can't check for development they should lose 15 percent of their body weight or, like, of their egg weight to ensure that they are developing at the correct time. It's basically to make sure that your humidity level is right and that they would lose humidity and, like, I guess, gain mass. Sure. Whatever. Anyways, that's totally not true. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Because in our first four that did not develop at all whatsoever, Mm -hmm. they were – in weight perfectly like absolutely perfect um we even had some that decreased more than others we had some that it was just bizarre of how like it worked perfect and we even took jake had a like a flare one type of camera where it showed like uh heat sensor. Like, people have this for their houses so they can check to see if, like, they have drafty windows or stuff, like, or if they need insulation in their house. Sure. And we even, like, heat sensors of that. And you could see, like, hot spots, but it was just, like, the incubator warming up the insides of the eggs. There was literally no development. After about 63 days, we cracked it open, and it was just yolk. There was no... I which it happens. You know what I mean? Like with shipping, it happens. And I think personally, we might've gotten these eggs too early on in the season for the fertility to be spot on. Right. I'm not mad about, I'm happy that I took the chance and splurged and and impulsively got four more eggs, but (laughs) you know, that's just a thing that happens. So I will say that, um, with our second batch of four, we weighed those two because we still didn't know. And, Again, all four eggs were losing weight appropriately how they should have been. However, only two produced chicks. Wow. So, weight really didn't have anything to do with it. We had had literally nothing to do with it. And huh. I see people new timers that are like, what should this be weighing at? What should this, you know, I'm this lost too much weight this week and it's like, man, don't stress yourself out about this because it's not important at all. It's yeah. not necessary hmm. at crazy. all. But, yeah, so I hope to – maybe I should put a couple of videos up um, on our page here about them whistling, and you can see them rocking back and forth in the <laughs> eggs. That's fun Because it's, it's really fun to see, for sure. That's so cool.
0: So when they are born – or when they're born – when they hatch – do uh how like in comparison to like a chick baby chick how big
1: are they they're huge um so if you are sitting here and you can cup your hands together um like kind of cup your hands together and leave a little space in between them that's like how much their body would fit in your hands holy mackerel yeah so like where your fingertips are touching, but, like, a good couple inches, yeah, away from each other. They so, are... they're,
0: like, the size of a mini Yorkie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> well, their eggs are, like, the same size of, kind of, like, a mini Nerf football. Right. Oh, yeah. That may, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, they come out all squishy like that, you know?
0: Yeah. And then they kind of spread out. Interesting.
1: Yeah. And I think by, like, the first week week or so, when they stood up, they were, like, over, like, a liter of paint. Like, I had paint gallons in there weighing down carpet. And they were over, like, a liter tall, which is a really weird, form. <laughs> it's a really dumb form of measurement. <laughs> hey, it gives you an idea, though. They were definitely taller than a quart-sized mason jar. Sure. Their first. And, like. So they're big,
0: yeah. they're real big, okay, so now that we're dealing with we've got to baby chicks, um do emus have predators, and like does it change over time like well- who is after an emu?
1: yeah, so basically, we found this out the hard way, as I said from our last video, is that we did actually lose our three month old so. If you have predators that would attack, um, chickens or even as big as turkeys, then you would have predators for smaller emus. So they actually say that emus up from like nine months to a year old are still vulnerable to predators. Um, and that could be anything from like, I would say four legged creatures, depending on where you live. Okay. Um. because I don't think an owl is going to pick up like a turkey sized. So that was our biggest struggle to figure out what it actually was that got
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, our emu. So just by process of elimination, there's no owl in the central Illinois area that could pick up <laughs> a, a turkey. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. But after they hit that year mark, they're pretty much unstoppable. I would say. Um, there's been stories of emus that actually, like, destroy coyotes, Ooh. like, cause get in there, and they try to go, and they just, like, stomp them to death, essentially. Jeez.
0: I mean, they, I mean, you, they're pretty fierce-looking, I'm sure. Like, they're, like, the ostrich situation with the, uh, crazy legs and, uh, the pecking the crap yeah. out of them, so.
1: So, and you, you've seen our setup here, but... Mm-hmm for everybody else that hasn't we have like a like an a-frame shelter for them which everybody says they're not going to use their shelter because they're really that dumb which is fine but we actually feed them inside there so they do kind of recognize it as a space to like a safe space
0: yeah
1: but what both sides are fenced. i guess one side has a door anyways we put them in there at night and then we have our dogs in the actual emu run just to make sure that they are safe um But we've had it, I had several times where I go to put the emus up for night and there's like a kitten that goes in the fence and they instantly like charge it. They try to stomp it and I'm like, oh, don't get the kittens. Like, (laughs) you know, freaking out about this and they never do. The cats always escape, but they're just so curious and they just don't like, so the emus themselves don't really like new things in their in their homes I think that they would be fine if they grew up with other creatures yeah um like sheep goats horses pigs whatever yeah that was my
0: next question is like okay so they're on a farm but what do they cohabitate with or what is you know something good to raise with them that would be a good idea
1: yeah, so if you have if you have ample space to do it, I think a lot of other good options would be, like, llamas or alpaca, because I they think they're, like, equally kind of the same size. Sure. Um, I've heard a lot of people that they go and they put them in with the goats, but then they have, like, weird food issues, like the goats eat all the emu food or, like, vice versa. Yeah. Or, like, the goats will, <laughs> like, chew on the emu's feathers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just a goat thing. Yeah. They eat you know, um, but I was reading this story about how these people had emus with their sheep and everything was fine until they had lambs. And uh-huh. they had like 50 or so lambs and the emus freaked out about it. And they killed all of those baby lambs, like 50 of them overnight because they don't like new things. Well wow. Now, I'm sure that's true for everybody, but this particular instance that was super unfortunate
0: yeah well it was like a trial and error and there was definitely an error so yeah
1: but uh... so i would probably stick with like like size creatures um they don't kick like you would think like horses Mm -hmm. kick a lot of people say that they like use them but they kind of i don't know they kind of like do a front kick i guess but not really yeah we have an issues with it we're in there every single day multiple times a day so just the more you handle them the friendlier they're going to be with anything
0: sure. yeah that makes sense um so last time too we talked about um how about well back in 1993 no they were the the idea of eating the meat and um it's because it's the other red meat, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You had told me that there's, like, this, I didn't know this, and there's, like, a a disease that you get from a tick bite that makes it so you can't have red meat anymore. You can't have mammal meat. Mammal meat, I'm sorry. Yeah, and so it was like, oh, but hey, you can have emu meat
1: because it's technically not a mammal. It's still a bird. That's so crazy. it's it's absolutely crazy. And, like, so a lot of people, I, the more I told people about this, that I was like, oh, this is a thing. They're like, oh, yeah, my blah, blah, blah friend has this. And I'm like, what? Like, this, is a, this so, actually wow. exists in life. Um, but, yeah, and they said, oh, yeah, they've tried ostrich before and they've tried emu and all of these other things. But, it's just a really great different alternative to something besides fish and chicken so the
0: it's i just found it it's called the alpha gal syndrome alpha like as in a alpha dash gal g a l syndrome who
1: knew ah yeah. cool and it's not not the same type of tick that produces Lyme disease right or no i don't know i don't know that but i don't think it's related to
0: Lyme Lime,
1: a different type of tick.
0: Sure, crazy. Yeah, okay. So, well, w- with that though, what are your intentions for your emus?
1: Basically, I think what we will do is I don't really know a lot of people in the central Illinois area that has emus, and I think it's definitely something that people are interested in and they look for it for sure. So, our goal is to probably. Um, have some eggs, either sell some eggs or um, maybe even chicks. And I would really like to see the males raise their own because I think that would be really special. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, if we get enough, we just don't have the space for, you know, a whole huge mob of them. So I would like to kind of get into the meat production for that as well, just because I don't think that that is something that's very common it's kind of more of an exotic thing and we even talked about having the possibility our friends are working on doing having their own like commercial kitchen mm-hmm. and I thought it would be fun to like have a Hinkle Homestead like exotic food night <laughs> like <laughs> you could have like I don't know um uh, like emu burgers or a peacock kebab or <laughs> you know what I mean just just really weird strange stuff that you don't normally find anywhere else
0: yeah i and think when we first were talking about opening the restaurant you were like hey uh want to sell some ELU I, burgers <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. yes i've we to say, enough meat
1: it. tell me you wouldn't try it just once
0: oh so. i absolutely would totally would try it i'm all about trying that kind of stuff so
1: yeah, you know we've we've been to a couple like wild game places where they've had like weird exotic meats and stuff, and it's always Jake always goes for like really weird jerky like alligator jerky and stuff, and sure. which I don't I think it's weird up here, but I think down in Louisiana like you can actually get tags to like hunt alligators. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's a whole show about it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so um, I think there's definitely a whole thing about that, and I mean, obviously, if we're going to get in process, we we will do everything to use up all of the bits, and I I said this last time, uh, that, you know, you can use the fat to render the oil, you can use the feathers for something, and then, you know, but they've got, like, two and a half feet of just neck, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, as, like, bad as it sounds, but these bones... D in a dehydrated form would make excellent like dog treats. Like that's a very normal.
0: But are they are they hollow? Are they hollow like chicken bones? Because if they're hollow, then you the animals can't chew them because it'll
1: it'll hurt them. I know. I don't know for sure. I know that. I think some. That, that that there already is a market out there for it. So maybe not. Sure. But maybe, because, um, I don't know, they use, like, duck feet and chicken feet. Yeah. For, like, dog toys and, not toys, but, like, chews, I guess. Um, I don't know.
0: Ostriches and emus have hollow femurs. Huh. I don't, they, I bet... But I bet, like, you're right with the, like, the feet and the, I'm sure that there's.
1: Also, I thought if it was dehydrated and not actually cooked, that it was still fine and it wouldn't splinter. Oh, sure. I had somebody tell me that you can can a whole quail and eat it whole, bones and all. Uh, no thanks, but sure so i mean i think the the possibility is there maybe (laughs) we it's always worth looking into right the stuff that i hear all the time that i just have to dive into and be like wait what yes
0: (laughs) you want to do what with literally
1: that's how you learn half of the stuff exactly absolutely
0: well just to give like a, a mini synopsis for the rest of the month Uh, We're trying to be sensitive to our Thanksgiving schedules. Granted, obviously, uh, we don't know what that's going to look like, you know. Yay for 2020. But um, after, we are going to have a fantastic interview coming up. Super, um, it's super cool, super weird. Nothing that you could ever guess. Um, So that'll be fun. And then we'll probably do a current events episode for Thanksgiving week that we will record before Thanksgiving for you to listen to in the car while you're waiting to Black Friday shop so or while you're traveling to your do, grandmother's do you house for Thanksgiving what do you travel for Thanksgiving no all our family is here
1: we usually travel a couple mile or yeah a couple <laughs> hours eat <each>, my grandma's <laughs>
0: Or we Um, can just go sit. I can just go sit in a quiet place for 30 minutes with no one around. I would be okay with that, too.
1: Great. Perfect.
0: Well, I'm excited. I have learned. I've met your emus, and I've learned more about them in these last two episodes. than Now I feel like I should just be like, okay, Charlie, let's go. Let's go eat food. I know you now. Yeah, She's so
1: great. (laughs) Charlie's fun. Yeah, I think that's why I was talking about her. Say that again. I said the other ones are a little sketchy, but, (laughs) (laughs) and it's only, I tell you why, and I said this last time, the only reason why Charlie is so nice is because she was also injured during that attack on that first night or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we had to like rehab her back. So I was very hands on with her very, very, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So she's, I guess, the only one that doesn't try to eat your face when you come to the fence line. (laughs) So, just kidding, she's nice. (laughs) If you like what you heard today, you can find us at We Chose the Farm on Facebook and Instagram. And to find Hinkle Homestead directly, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Google at Hinkle Homestead. want to visit
0: the Weininger Farms, you can find us mainly on Instagram at the Weininger Farms. Or jump over to our website at weiningerfarms.com. See you later!